Hey, everybody. It's Miss Illinois USA 2019, Alex Platt, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Tiago. Hey everybody, my name is Tim Tialdo, and welcome to Season 2 of the Life After the Crown podcast. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to any of the previous episodes, I do encourage you to go back and listen, because there are many valuable interviews that you will definitely gain some wisdom from. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome and thanks for checking us out. Each episode of Life After the Crown, I interview former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who share advice and stories on how to help you succeed in the world of pageants, but more importantly, how you can flourish in the professional world once your pageant journey comes to an end. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to download this podcast. I do value your time, and I'm glad you're here listening. So let's get started. My guest today was Miss Illinois Teen USA 2012 and Miss Illinois USA 2019. She graduated from the University of Missouri with a marketing communications degree, now works for the American Heart Association as a youth market director speaking to middle school and high school students about healthy lifestyle choices and implementing the American Heart Challenge. During her reign as Miss Illinois USA, she advocated for heart health awareness as heart disease runs in her family. She's focused her life around fitness and being healthy on the inside, Always love having my home state representative on the podcast, Alex Plotz. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. Now, you're from Geneva, which that's a Chicago suburb, right? It is, yes. I'm about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic from the Okay, so we are way apart from each other. I was from Southern Illinois, (laughs) Belleville, which is like a five-hour drive outside of St. Louis. So, uh, well, let's talk about, uh, this is Miss Universe week, so let's just get right into it. I know you competed with Chesley. Obviously, uh, it's an exciting week for the entire pageant world. Any predictions so far? Um, well, obviously, I want Chesley to go very far <laughs> because I got to spend, you know, two weeks with her at Miss USA. Our group chat has been out of control because um, <laughs> one of the Instagram accounts released her national costume, uh-huh. which she couldn't tell any of us. So it's been really built up. So everybody got so excited when she finally um, was able to share it with everybody. And then we've been getting you know, kind of the behind the scenes updates and I feel included in this universe. So that's always fun. <laughs> um, for predictions though, I really love India and I love Chile. Those are my top two girls, obviously aside from Chesley. India and Chile. Okay. Yeah. And I've been hearing rumors about Ireland. I, I honestly, if I'm being honest, I haven't even seen the picture, but I, I, I've been hearing that Ireland's strong, but I don't know. I mean, it's not one of those countries that you normally hear in the conversation. So I, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah. She's been all over the um, social media pages that are promoting Miss Universe. And I know that she's actually Miss USA's roommate at Miss Universe. Oh, well, there you go. So Chesley and her will uh, maybe be right in there. It's been a, quite a year for you. And uh, an exciting year is Miss Illinois USA. Um, you know, obviously that's kind of come to an end here. So I, maybe take everybody through the world of pageantry as you have seen it over the last year and kind of what your experience has been and whether you loved it or not. So I love pageantry as a whole and have for the last decade. It's kind of taken over my life since I was 15 years old. Um, pageantry itself has completely changed since I got into it to the last year that I got to compete. Um, When I competed, it was in the Trump era for Miss Illinois Teen USA. And I also had a different director. So Illinois got switched over um, a couple years after I gave up that title to Vambrose. So my reign was completely different for both of those. When I was Miss Illinois Teen USA, we had completely different sponsors. It was run very different. The event itself um, 
was a completely different experience. So going into Miss Illinois USA 2019, I didn't really know what to expect because I don't know how Vanbrose had run their pageants before. I didn't know some of the girls that were coming in that Vanbrose brought with them. And obviously IMG is a total different organization. Um, they do really everything not the same as um, the Trump organization, <laughs> to put it nicely. So I had a very big learning curve when I jumped in. I competed twice for the Miss Illinois USA title. Um, the first year I placed top 15, and that's where I kind of got my standings for how this was being run and what I needed to do um, to position myself for success when I won. Mm -hmm. um, so I developed my platform for being a heart health advocate. Uh, heart disease runs in my family. So on my maternal side, we've had a lot of heart attacks, um, stroke, open heart surgeries, and it's all due to lifestyle choices. So it wasn't even things that are genetic that I had to worry about. It's more so all things that are completely in my control. And when I learned that, um, I got very involved with the American Heart Association on a volunteer standpoint. And there's a smaller organization in Geneva called the Big Heart Foundation that I got involved with so we can start promoting the message. And I found it very rewarding when I'm talking to the middle school and high school students because it's not just older age group who needs to be concerned about this. It needs to start at a young age where they're learning healthy habits, how to take care of themselves and how to really respect their bodies. And it's, it doesn't need to be, you know, the six pack on the beach that everybody talks about, which is something that I had to be really careful about on the line while talking about heart health, because we live in the body positivity era. So I didn't want to step on anyone's toes while talking about healthy habits, because health looks different on everybody. Uh, and that's something that I really started to promote strongly as Miss Illinois USA and bring that message to the younger demographic because they're looking at the highlight reels on Instagram, right? And especially as a title holder, I'm looking at other girls' highlight reels and their workout plans and their beach bodies and their swimsuit pictures. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're taking care of themselves on the inside. So once I won the title, I had a bigger platform to talk about this, which then also led me into my career that I work at the American Heart Association now. And it kind of came full circle because one of my judges at uh, Miss Illinois USA worked for the Heart Association. <laughs> so she kind of led me down that path. And I think that's the most important part of being involved in pageantry is that it's a springboard into the next step. Well, there's so much good stuff in all that you said there. There's a lot in there I want to unpack over the, this, this hour that we're going to talk here. Um, I think number one is... Um, and, and I've talked to former Miss USA's, Miss Teen USA's, and just girls who, like you, have competed in um, the OG Trump organization and then IMG. Yeah. Um, be honest. That versus now, which one did you like more and and why? Honestly, I liked the Trump era better. Um, and I don't know if I'm just biased because that was my first experience in a pageant, but I do think that the way that organization was run under his leadership was Tutelage. more about the glitz. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just more about the glitz and glam. So when I went to Miss USA, I had that prior image in my head that, you know, you got to shoot with Fidel and you got to do all of these huge media week tours and you were a celebrity in the, in the big spotlight. You were somebody that, you know, the little girls wanted to be when they grew up. And I still think that's the case, but it's more so on a personal level. That's something that you can relate to under IMG rather than a girl on the pedestal. Like when I gave up my Miss Illinois Teen USA title and I was watching the next girl get crowned and my Miss, I went to watch her at Miss USA. I didn't feel that they were necessarily going to be my friend. I idolized these girls. They were somebody that they were untouchable, you know, and that's something that I wanted to strive to be, to be on that level of 
success. So I think that IMG has kind of taken it to a different standpoint where Miss USA is very relatable. She's very realistic and something that, you know, she could be your best friend. She's somebody that you could be. And I don't know that that's a bad thing, but I preferred it to be more of the, oh my gosh, you're Miss USA standpoint. Do you think that has has come from, um, I guess, social media becoming so prominent over these past, uh, you know, six, seven years? Or is it political correctness kind of filtering into pageants? I think the political correctness has kind of filtered into the pageants because now everybody has to be very careful about what they say, what they're promoting, and especially with social media. But I do think that social media would have helped even more so in the Trump era by, you know, putting these girls up in the spotlight. Because if you go on Instagram right now, you can follow her. I mean, Jennifer Aniston just got an Instagram and she skyrocketed through all of the followers because she's, you know, the, the celebrity everybody wants to be. She's the girl from Friends. She's the best that you can be. So I think that that would have helped former title holders. But I do think that Miss USA now um, has to stand for something. She's telling a story and on social media, she's more of your best friend telling you a story in her captions and in her comments and um, relating to other people. Well, and, and I will say this, according to IMG, what you just said, yes. But according to you as a pageant contestant, do you feel that that's what she needs? Or do you just want to be, go back to, um, I'd like to be famous, I'd like to be untouchable, and that's okay? there's a happy medium. Um, I really believe that there is good intentions with IMG focusing on her being relatable because you do want somebody that you can strive to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, just a celebrity and being famous as Miss USA. But I know that uh, Shandy had said, Shandy Finesse said that she used to walk through the airport and people would say, oh my gosh, it's Miss USA. <laughs> and they just recognized her off the street. And I don't know that that's happening anymore. But I think that if you kept that social status of Miss USA, but also gave her a well-rounded personality on social media, which is, which is a good outlet for her to express her thoughts and opinions and things that she believes in, I think we could, we could meet in the middle and keep pageantry relevant but also elevate it back up to what it used to be. And that Shandy Fennessy conversation, I mean, we did talk a lot about, you know, the, the before versus now. And one of the things that we had talked about was, you know, uh, kind of where Chesley is right now. And I think for the first time in uh, really since IMG has owned the pageant, you're starting to see a little more of that celebrity filter back in. Now, after that conversation with Shandy, uh, Chesley got <laughs> the, the extra uh, gig. Um, she's been in a lot more uh, high-profile events, red carpet events, things like that. So I think you're starting to filter it back a little bit. I don't know um, if that's a result of Chesley just being really strong or if it's, you know, IMG making some moves on the back end. I'm not really sure, but I, I do agree with you. I think there could be a lot better uh, happy medium, if you will, between yeah. uh, the the – the pageants of old and the pageants of now and just maybe uh, slow rolling the transition rather than this boom in your face. It's totally different, like it or not. Exactly. So um, you, you talked about heart health and how that's affected your family. Um, I, I guess if you don't mind, because I know there's a lot of people out there that deal with, you know, everything from heart disease and diabetes and cancer in their families, and they probably can relate to you in some way. Can you tell the story of kind of what's going on in your family and why you're so passionate about it? So on my mom's side of the family, um, a couple generations back, we had my great grandmother and all of her sisters. They were known as the most unhealthy people in town. There are photos of them hiding behind other people um, and they all died early. So when my grandma turned 60, she had an entire family vacation. We got matching t-shirts. 
They were all purple. We were going to Cancun and we were going to celebrate this milestone, um, which when you're young, it's just an exciting vacation with all your cousins, all my aunts and uncles. And then as I grew up and learned about my family history a little more, and my mom was educating us on healthy foods and healthy habits, she said, you know, your great grandmother didn't make it to 60. So that would be the first in my family line on my mom's side that would have hit that milestone. And when that was said to me, that's kind of, that's really young, honestly, on a, on a scale to be not living past 60. So when I found out that heart disease is 80% preventable, which is the whole reason that the American Heart Association has the American Heart Challenge, I don't want other people to be losing family members prematurely. I don't want my mom to die before 60. You know, I didn't want my grandma to die before 60 or my sister. You know, there's, there's other people out there who have sisters and wives and other women in their lives who they could have prevented that from happening. So I'm sure that there are other people who wish they had known this information. So I'm doing my best to promote being active and being paying attention to what you're eating or drinking and what you're really doing to your body. Well, and anybody that follows you on Instagram, I mean, you are involved in fitness. You're not just somebody who stays <laughs> in shape. I mean, you really get involved in it. I mean, talk about um, how that's filtered into maybe what you do kind of as a career on the side. Yeah. So I was a full-time personal trainer for about three years right after I got out of college. I just took the fitness world by storm. It became something that I was so passionate about and that I could get involved in because I knew I needed a couple of years before I wanted to jump back into Miss Illinois USA. So I got into the NPC bikini bodybuilding world and that really keeps you in the gym and keeps you reading labels and really educates you on the health and fitness world um, in general. But that is, you know, not an ideal lifestyle to live. It's a very extreme way (laughs) to stay in shape. Uh, It is something I'm still involved in and something that I love and support, but that's pretty much what catapulted me into promoting a healthy lifestyle because it started out on uh, my Instagram feed that people were like, oh my gosh, this is body goals, or I wish I had your dedication, and I want to go to the gym, I want to look like you, and I'm like, yeah, but this isn't what it looks like for everybody. It's, you know, I can't force everybody to love the gym that I, the way I love the gym. You can go for walks. You can do any kind of sort of exercise that you want to do. One of my favorite hobbies is to gym hop because I get bored in the gym because I spend so much time there because it's something that I love. Um, So I do Orange Theory, I do yoga, I have weight training, I do 5Ks for fun, I ran a four-mile run on Thanksgiving and got a lot of pushback on that on social media. Um, (laughs) But it doesn't have to look like that for everybody. Um, I also love a structured lifestyle because for my new job, I live in my car, going from school to school, so I don't have time to stop and spend money at every single fast food place. So I meal prep on Sundays for the entire week. And I had a coach from my NPC competition who counts out all of my macros. um, My calories are all there. She tells me pretty much what to eat and when to eat it. And that is just a peace of mind for me because it takes something off of my plate every single day as a youth market director. So when I talk to middle school and high school students, that's obviously not feasible for them because they're not in control of what they're buying or what they're making. But it does give them an educated decision then when they're eating at home, whether they pick up, you know, a soda can or a water bottle. That's one of the challenges this year. Or if they want to participate in PE class because it's for their own good, you know, because they're being forced to for no reason by their teachers, things of that nature. So when I got so involved in the fitness industry, it really helped me get ready for Miss Illinois USA and Miss USA because it had my my mental state in check. I wasn't I wasn't necessarily reaching for 
the lowest weight I can get to or being as shredded as possible, which a lot of people associate with getting on stage. You need more of an I love my body and I feel good from the inside mentality going forward. Well, let's talk about uh, competing uh, in the NPC or or bodybuilding world, if you will, uh, versus pageants, because uh, it's funny. I was actually talking to Nicole Wilkins the other day, who was a four-time Miss Olympia, but she was a figure competitor. You were a bikini competitor, I'm guessing? Yes. So she was asking me, she's like, so I see you're really involved in pageants now because I did bodybuilding for 10 years. I, I That was a big part of my life for from like 05 to 2015. So I did those shows all the time. And she said, what has been the difference for you? And to me, and this is just coming from an MC standpoint, I'd love to know from a competitor standpoint, I feel like the pageantry world is so much less drama and believe it or not, less vanity. What do you think? I would have to agree. The prep itself going into an NPC show versus a pageant are completely different extremes. Um, Both are obviously reaching for your best physique and you're doing the diet and you're living at the gym. Um, But the NPC industry is very much centered around your body image. So that's how shredded you can get, what your muscles look like in comparison. It's a direct comparison to the person standing next to you. It's not a personality competition, unlike the pageants. So, you know, when you're standing next to a girl on stage, your stories are completely different. And the the judges interviewed you and they asked you completely different questions. They heard a different side of each of you. And then they add in the physical appearance when you're walking in your swimsuit and in your evening gown. For NPC, it's very much how you look only. They don't care what you do in your free time. They don't care what your job is. They don't care what you have to say or what you want to stand for. It's very much this is the image we're looking for and that's what we're going to have. Um, So when you're getting ready for it, it's very easy to play the comparison game um, in that industry more so than pageants. And I find it hysterical that, you know, when it comes to like Miss America getting rid of swimsuits, you know, saying that it exploits women. I'm like, have you seen the bodybuilding world? Have you seen the poses that they do in bikinis? I'm like, you should be attacking them if you're going to attack anybody. Because, I mean, if pageant swimsuit is risque. Go over to the bodybuilding world. It's like a whole, oh, it's gosh. like soft porn at times. It's like, this it is crazy. It really is. The swimsuits are so <laughs> tiny. You want to go over there. Well, oh, um, so in, in putting, uh, you know, swimsuit at the forefront there and talking about, you know, pageantry versus bodybuilding, um, you had mentioned earlier that you kind of can get into the comparison game with social media. And, you know, coming from, you know, in 2012, I don't think social media was quite the level it is right now. As you have competed in 2019 and you have seen everybody out there, and I know in the pageantry world, you guys tend to support each other very well, but do you find yourself fighting the comparison game and trying to force yourself not to get into that? Because I imagine it can be pretty challenging not to want to be there. It is very challenging. So this is a personal struggle for me just because, like you said, in 2012, the social media was not part of the game that you played to get to Miss Teen USA. You know, you kind of just saw the girls get crowned as they went online. And those were the big time of those discussion boards or the fans were tearing girls apart on the boy boards. And I was told to stay away from those. Um, But it's much easier to roll into a national competition when you haven't been watching these girls post every single day about all the things that they're doing and their appearances and the pressure from the likes and the comments. Um, For 2019, I'm also just not very good at posting on Instagram (laughs) because (laughs) I just, at least you're honest. I don't know if it's a time issue. Yeah, I know I'm not good at it. Um, they have the new thing with the flow. You know, you can buy presets so your photos all look the same and it's the same color. Um, but some girls just have this natural ability, I found, to find good content backgrounds. And I don't know if that's just because it's always on their mind or if I just don't think about it until the after the fact. But my Instagram feeds look nothing like the other title holders. 
who had, you know, 10 different photography sponsors and they had all of these different locations. Illinois also doesn't have a lot of places for me to go to take pictures unless I went down to Chicago every <laughs> yeah, single there's day. There's not much, so. not much going on there. Yeah, unless you want to see some cornfield pictures, <laughs> I guess I could post that. <laughs> but um, it definitely throws a wrench in your preparation. So I, we actually did a couple events leading up to Miss USA so all the girls could get to know each other in person. And the first time that I met all of the girls was at the Sherry Hill um, Miss Universe watch party. So we went to watch Sarah Summers compete and it was at Sherry's showroom. So we had already been liking and commenting on each other's photos. I watched all these girls get crowned. And then when you show up in person, it's a very odd introduction because you all already act like you know each other because we've already been commenting on photos. And it was sort of a guessing game because you obviously know what they look like. And then I walk in and you say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Miss Illinois USA. And they go, oh, yeah, we, we kind of already met on Instagram, but hi, I'm so-and-so. And it was just like, okay, that's a little odd. And then it was, I felt like the competition kept getting bigger and bigger on social media because some states, you know, they have a bigger fan following, they're bigger pageant states. So it's hard as a smaller state to keep up with that. So I had to kind of take breaks. So Friday to Sunday, I just don't touch my social media unless I post on my story, I guess, on occasion. But I try not to scroll my feed for those three days just to kind of give myself a mental break and make sure that we keep in mind that everybody is living their own lives and we're just posting what they want you to see. Well, and I've talked to girls and I I found that there's really three different approaches to being a title holder and social media. Number one is there's maybe somebody like you who posts because you kind of have to. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, you you, got to post as a title holder. It's just part of your job and and putting yourself out there. There's number two, which is uh, what I'll call the validation crowd. You know, they post because they basically want people to tell them that they look great or they feel good. And it's just a way to boost their day. And then there's the third crowd, which is the competitive streak. I want to post because I want to show people what I got and that what they're going to have to live up to if they want to beat me. So you got three different types of personalities out there. I th- I, it sounds like you fall in category number one. Yes, um, <laughs> I kind of did. <laughs> but it was more so to show my my path as Miss Illinois USA. So I was like, I did this appearance. I have to show people because they're following me for a reason. You know, they want to know what my life as a title holder looks like. And I got that feedback a lot in my messages and with some of the people that I work with or um, see day to day. And I get a very funny feedback from people that I actually know and that I work with because I don't really post about my job on social media. It's very much, you know, the, the marketing modeling jobs that I do or the pageant stuff or being at the gym or photo shoots that I've done. And there's not really anything that I do on a day-to-day basis, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I don't think most people put what they do on a day-to-day basis on there, but it's always funny when they're like, I feel like you live two separate lives. <laughs> like I kind of do because I feel on social media, I have to post a certain way, which is probably the biggest struggle that I've had since giving up my title because now I, I don't really know what to post. And for the first time in a while, I posted um, with my sister in the Instagram photo and the post did way better than the other posts that I've had, which is strange. And I asked, you know, I got some feedback um from other people who commented on like the photo and they're like, well, we feel like that was just more real. That's something that you do. You know, you talk to your sister every single day and you went to Thanksgiving dinner with her. And it's just a big adjustment going from being a title holder and posting to back to my normal life. Yeah. I mean, is it weird to post about like, you know, being a youth market director, speaking to um, little kids and then the next day you're a monster energy girl at the track. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They kind of contradict the two. So it's hard 
to find a happy balance. Um, just pick the no sugar ones, I guess, would be the best <laughs> way to tie that in together. I love it. Oh, geez. Well, I was just talking to the little sisters who are also Monster Energy Girls down there in Charlotte uh, with NASCAR. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're, they're really a high-level Monster Energy Girl. I, I, you know, I didn't really do a background research on, you know, where you're at with Monster Energy, but is it something that you do all the time or it's kind of just a side gig that you make a little extra income here and there? Right now, it's just kind of a side gig to make a little bit of extra money. Um, I know that they are up on their A travel team, so they do way more frequent of events. And I think Laura books directly through Monster. So she's a Monster employee. I book through an agency that books with them. So I go one to two times a month. Um, and it really depends on what season they're in because NASCAR, I know, has just ended. We're going into like kind of just their lifestyle events, which is what I did most recently. They had uh, you know, a sneaker con, which I'd never been to. And that's a whole new world. But it's, this is really just something that's entertaining for me. So even though it does bring me an extra income, it's opened me up to so many different events and industries that I didn't know people were so involved in. You know, I did my first NASCAR event with them over the summer and I had never been to one before. And it was one of the most fun and entertaining events I've ever been to in my entire life. <laughs> I didn't know I would be a NASCAR fan, but now I am. <laughs> and, you know, I did the sneaker con and I didn't know that was an industry in itself. So it's more so just for entertainment value to keep my life a little colorful. Yeah, I, mean, I know NASCAR has this, you know, it's it's a total blue-collar crowd thing going on. But, I mean, if you've ever been to one, I mean, it's high adrenaline and really exciting. It's just super interesting. It is. It's a very interesting sport. And as the Monster Energy Girl, I got to be right in the pit where the cars come in and stop and watch their team take the cars apart and go so fast. And that's, you know, a very unique experience. It's not something that you probably would see if you're watching it on TV or if you hadn't been to an event before. And it was, it was really cool. It's just a new thing for me to experience. And you can literally feel the roar of the engine in your chest. I mean, it's that loud. Yes. <laughs> yep. They had to give me that earphones and everything, the earplugs. So I couldn't, I wouldn't go deaf, you know, on stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, I, I didn't get a chance to tell you. I, in a conversation, I had just this, uh, the, the weekend before Thanksgiving, I was in South Carolina and uh, Megan Gordon uh, found me. We ended up doing a video for her YouTube channel, but uh, she had mentioned that she competed in Miss World America, took runner-up, and she had mentioned that you were there as well, and I didn't even know that. I didn't know you competed after Miss USA. Talk about the experience of competing in that system as well. Yes, I was there. I actually did that pretty quickly after I gave up my title. That was in October, um, just a little over a month ago. That was in Vegas. That experience was very difficult to go into after Miss USA, which is such a well-oiled machine. You know, we had <laughs> events going, we had the publicity for it, and Miss World America is under new ownership. So this is the first year that they've thrown a pageant under this ownership. And I don't know if you've seen or if Megan Gordon had told you any of the drama that went on with that, but it was so disorganized that a lot of the girls ended up upset. They felt that there was an actual judging going on. Um, we had no chaperones going around. You have teens in a casino in Vegas, which I thought was a little unsafe. They ran out of meal tickets. So from my personal experience, I felt it was a little bit of a fire festival vibe. Um, but I, <laughs> That's a great comparison. Also, you know, it's just, that's the best way that I can put it. Um, I really do hope that they make it better next year for the girls who are competing. And I really love our title holder. The girl who won is beautiful. And her beauty with a purpose was so touching. She you know, acts like a, she dresses up in princess costumes and goes and visits kids in the hospital to put a smile on their face. Um, she's actually at Miss World right now. So I've been following 
the Miss World contestants and the Miss Universe contestants. So it's kind of a big week for pageantry this year. But I don't think that I will be competing again in another pageant after that experience because I've never had anything like that happen to me in any other system that I've competed in. Well, I'm sorry to hear you had that experience. Um, And I I think that really taps into uh, something that exists both in the pageant world and the bodybuilding world. And that is Mm -hmm. there's just too many freaking systems. I mean, you know, I'm all for not having a monopoly. You know, it can't just be Miss America and Miss USA. But I mean, when you're talking about the 60th and 61st system and it's like, you know, there's six six people in this one and we've got a disorganized executive board running this one, it, it becomes watered down and it, I think it takes away from the experience for a lot of people. And I, I do hate to see that when it's not a first-class experience um, and, you know, pageantry overall gets a, a, a bad name because of, you know, what happens such as what happened to you. Right. I think it definitely puts a negative light on pageantry itself when, you know, you can't keep a consistent story from each system. And I feel like the names are just getting so long for some of these things because there's so many of them. Like you have... Miss USA, America, World, as every title that you could possibly think of. So it's, it's also hard, you know, as I came from the Miss USA stage, which, like you said, kind of monopolized at this point, that's the biggest stage to be on that goes to Miss Universe. So posting for another system people are not familiar with, it was hard to explain what I was doing right after I gave up that title. It is pretty funny that some of the, I mean, they'll literally take like all the names from the other systems and just combine it into <laughs> yeah, one title. This Continental Universe America USA North Carolina. And it's like, what? Exactly. And then their banner has to be down to their knees because it's so long. <laughs> or the font's so small that you can't read it. Be like, what, what is that? <laughs> like, what do you, I see she has a crown on, so I'd assume it's something. Yeah. Now you've also competed in one of the other system. You were, uh, I believe, was it Miss New Mexico Collegiate? Is that right? I was. Yes. Talk, talk um, about that the one. The funny part about that is I have never actually stepped foot in New Mexico. So that was always a fun one um, to talk about. So Miss Collegiate became very popular after I competed at Miss Teen USA. A lot of the girls that I competed with and that held titles in the USA system prior to me jumped into that one because it's kind of up and coming and they've really made it into a well-established organization. And I, I had a lot of fun competing there. That one was in Disney world. Um, and because it was new, they had at large titles. So the Miss uh, Illinois collegiate was already taken by another girl who I had actually competed with and the USA system before. And another girl from the Illinois USA system held another state title. I can't think of it off the top of her head, but so we had three all girls from Illinois all competing at Miss Collegiate, which made it so much more fun um, because you do really establish friendships along the way because you keep running into these girls at different avenues that we've all taken. But they held it in Disney World, which is still just as fun as an adult as it was when I was a little kid. My family got to come and have their own little vacation while I was competing. Um, and I placed top five at that one. And I rewore everything that I had from Miss Teen USA. So I didn't really spend too much money. And I still got to have an awesome experience. So are you done? Is this it? <laughs> you know what? I keep saying I'm done. <laughs> but <laughs> the pageant bug just keeps coming back at me. Um, I think I am definitely going to take a long break after the Miss World America debacle situation. Yeah. Um, and just follow along with Miss USA and Miss Universe right now and focus on my career. I might jump back into the NPC stage. We'll see where life takes me um, because that takes up a lot of time and energy. Oh, yeah, big time. We'll see. It's just kind of open-ended. I guess I do want to go back to the beginning because I I don't think I really ever asked you because I I would call you what what I would refer to as a legacy pageant girl. I mean, you've been involved for a long time. It's been a big part of your life. What about it 
or who, should I say, inspired you to want to get into it? So I jumped in on a whim. When I was a junior in high school, I got a postcard advertising for Miss Illinois Teen USA, and Lexi Atkins was the reigning title holder, so she um, was the girl on the cover, and I looked at it, and I said, wow, she looks like a Barbie. She's so pretty. I want to be her. I want to be the girl on the postcard, you know, and I was in a phase in my life in high school where I didn't really fit in with any of the sports. I had been trying every single club and sport that you could possibly think of, just trying to get a fit, um, so because I was already bouncing around the different things. I jumped into this pageant and I just kind of, I showed my mom, I said, I'm going to sign up for this. She said, okay, cool. And then I signed up and she was like, you really did that. You actually signed up. We actually have to do this. And I was like, yeah, we're actually going to do this. So, um, so then she got just in all, cause she used to compete in pageants. So then she got really excited. Um, her and my grandma found, uh, Michelle Holmes was prepared to win. And I've been working with her for a decade now since I got involved, but we took a road trip down to Southern Illinois, which is close to where you're from. Actually, she's, six hours south of me. So we did a road trip with my mom, my grandma, me and my sister um, in a tiny little car driving that far. Stopped to see Michelle. She's like, do you have paperwork? Do you have an outfit? Do you know anything that's going to happen to you? And I was like, nope, I have absolutely no idea. I don't know what paperwork you're talking about. (laughs) I don't know anything. So she helped me kind of get my bearings and she helped me as much as I could, but I obviously had no idea what I was getting into. I did no research on this whatsoever. I just assumed that I was going to be Lexi Atkins, and that was that. So when I didn't <laughs> place that year, I was distraught because I was like, I don't know what happened. Um, so then I, I did more homework for the second year when I competed as a senior. Um, I pulled my hair and makeup together. I understood how interview was supposed to work. I got a new gown. Um, and I really did my, my absolute best to understand what title I was going for and why I actually wanted it. And I think that's, you know, it's a saying that's been beat to the ground by every title holder, but you really have to know who you are as a person before you compete and know why you're competing. And that was my best advice that I gave to the girls this year competing for Miss Illinois USA is to know your why. So I think that really helped me get into that. Um, and then I started I just fell in love with it. When I won, you just kind of get thrown into this world where people care about what you think and what you're doing. And it also opened up so many doors for me to go into the degree that I chose and be at school and have public speaking skills and have a good interview to get a job that I wanted. Um, So I saw all these different benefits and that's what kind of kept me going. So when I was in college and I saw that the Miss Collegiate system was getting popular and I kind of wanted to keep myself in the pageant world before I went back for Miss Illinois USA because I always knew that I was coming back for Miss no matter what. Um, I jumped into that and kept working for my interview skills and kept working on my storyline and what was going on and how I was going to focus my attitude um, going into different pageants. And I really feel that pageantry has made me who I am today because it forced me to find what I love and talk about what I am passionate about and understand who I am as a person and what I want people to know and see about me. I do want to ask you about competing in prelims um, back in Reno. So um, I did Teen USA. Obviously, you were there. And then um, I came to prelims to watch. Um, the producers told me, come and watch, you know, if you want to do USA one day, come and watch exactly how we do what we do, because I, I obviously know what goes on behind the scenes. And sure enough, there you are in the top five. And I'm sitting probably yeah, yeah. second row there right in front of you. Um, and it was fun to watch you. And I'm thinking, man, I, I, she could be in the top five tonight. I really felt like you were very strong. 
um, in your approach. I thought you got robbed not getting into 15, to be, to be completely honest with you. Thank but you. what was it like to go through the experience, at least in prelims, of you know being in the top five, answering the question on stage in front of an audience, et cetera? That was very fulfilling. But it's also at the same time, I knew that wasn't finals. And all, all I had my mind set on was being in finals at Miss USA because just like everybody else, you have a whole fan base at home that's watching and they're having watch parties and they all know you're there. You've been promoting it on social media. And it was something that anybody who's close to me knows that I've been working for the Miss USA title, you know, for a decade now, once I started in the teen division and I went to watch my Miss compete at Miss USA in Vegas that year. And I just, I knew that that's the stage I wanted to be on. And I kind of revolved my entire life leading up to that to make it to that stage. So being there itself, um, was incredible. And it was something that I could say that I've done twice now. I made it to two national stages in the USA system. And I really fulfilled that goal. But not making it into the top 15 after all of that hard work. And people, you know, a lot of people told me they thought I was going to be in top five. And I'm sure every girl, people told them they were going to be in the top five. So when you get your expectations up, and you went through all of that work and all of that progress, and it was something that you've, you've set your life around, it's devastating. And it's a hard thing to cope with and watch somebody else's dream come true. And it, it was just something that you have to live with. But I knew going into it that there was only going to be one winner. And even if you make the top 15 or the top 10 or the top five, you're still not going to be Miss USA, right? You know, it doesn't matter how far you place. Most people only remember the girl who won. So even if I didn't make it all the way, I still got to be there. And that's more than a lot of girls get to say. And I know that there are so many other girls who wanted to be in my shoes. So that was something that I kept in the back of my head the whole time. But I actually made it into the into holding hands at rehearsals, not once, but <laughs> twice. <laughs> wow. So that was a really big teaser when I went at the prelim um, show. They had me do it and I got to first runner up. And then at the dress rehearsal before Miss USA finals, I went all the way to first runner up. And I just kind of knew at that point that I wasn't going to make it all the way that far just because I had done it twice. And I know that there's all kinds of rumors that go on about it, but I just, I felt it that it wasn't going to happen for me. So I was beyond calm going on stage, just knowing that I didn't think I was going to make it that far after doing that twice. Well, I was sitting there with uh, – it was a big group of modeling scouts that were sitting down there in the, the second row. And I, they loved your purple gown, by the way. Um, and number Thank two you. is um, the reason I really was – I wouldn't say surprised because I didn't know you. I didn't know anything about you. I'm like, but that's Illinois. When they asked you the mock top five question, I thought you nailed it. And I was like, okay, hey. she's, she's in the game. Because, look, I, I think if anybody knows, if you want to win USA, you got to nail that top five question on television or you don't have a chance, period. That's just yeah. how it goes. And when I saw you do that, I'm like, okay, she's here to play mm -hmm. the game. And uh, so, yep. you know, regardless of what the outcome was, I'm just saying to you, you know, person to person, I thought you did really great. And uh, I wouldn't feel bad about, you know, how you walked away from it because you were obviously very well prepared. Thank you. I did everything that I possibly could have. So there's no way for me to feel that I could have changed anything or done better or fixed this or fixed that. So that really helped give me a peace of mind to know that I gave it, I gave it everything that I had. And I had a wonderful time. And it's something that I will get to say that I did forever. So if you could look back over your entire pageant career, whether it's done or not, and say to someone today, should I compete in a pageant? What would you say to them? I would 100% encourage somebody to compete in a pageant. I think that no matter what the storyline is or what's going on in the pageant industry, you know, with the Miss America drama or the Miss World America drama that I just went through, or, you know, if you don't think that you are what Miss USA is looking for, I think that 
everybody should compete in one, not just to hold a title. It's not all about um, getting that platform and getting to travel your state or represent your state at a national stage. I love competing itself. Um, it doesn't matter what system I'm in. I think that the experience over the weekend or a week or however long your pageant is, is something that is irreplaceable. Um, so specifically for Miss USA, you know, our class, we're all kind of online friends now, obviously, since we don't live <laughs> next to each other. But <laughs> our group me, we have a group me, we have a Snapchat group, we have a text message group, like all there's a book club going on in the <laughs> Miss USA class, just all kinds of things for us to support each other. And it's all because that one experience has bonded us. And I feel that way from state level all the way up to as far as you can go. I told this to the girls at Miss Illinois USA is that I was so jealous that they got to compete that weekend because I can't anymore. You know, you, once you win, you're done. And the friendships that you build and the community that pageantry has built around me and around everybody else who participates is something so unique and not something that anybody can understand or relate to unless they compete in one. And I wish that everybody who had the opportunity to do so would get up on a stage. Well, and you're going through right now what really the reason this podcast exists is you, you've, you've now got to figure out how do I fill the void that pageants <laughs> created for me, you know, because it, it, it was fun competing. It was fun looking and feeling beautiful and preparing and having a goal and a vision. And now you've got to replace that. So I guess where do you see that future going to if you have any idea at this point? So for competing and having something to work for in general, I kind of have focused all my energy into my job because I oversee all of the Chicagoland middle school and high school. So that keeps me very busy during the week. And it's still promoting something that means so much to me. Um, presenting to middle school and high school are some, is something that I was doing as a title holder anyways. Uh, now I just get to do it on a bigger scale with a very large organization that's recognized nationally. So I'm very blessed that I got to kind of fall into this career path through promoting it and volunteering as a title holder. But to be involved in pageantry, I, I want to be involved as much as I can um, in a couple of years from now. I'd, I'd like to be involved in the state pageants or be a chaperone at Miss USA and get to see other girls' dreams come true and then live out their experiences and still kind of have a hand in that community just because it's something that's been so special to me and really shaped my life. Well, I'm excited for you. And um, again, I thought you did a great job this year and I'm very proud of you. But now it's time to get to know Alex Plotz through our 10 questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number one, how old were you when you had your worst hairstyle and what was it? Oh my gosh. I think I was around 10 years old and my best friend in elementary school chopped her hair to about chin length, but I have naturally curly hair. So I begged and begged and begged to have my mom let me cut my hair like that. She chopped it all off to chin length, but you know, as a curly haired person, it shrank right up and I looked like a bush and I will never ever do it again. <laughs> it was horrible. I cried for days. <laughs> Number two, what advice did you get that the, was the most rewarding? Um, this is kind of sad advice, but somebody once told me that not everybody can be happy for you. And that's something that I've held on to for my entire life because I want everybody to be my best friend and I want everybody to be happy for everybody. So when I learned the hard way that you know, some people will just not support you and not be happy when you're happy and you have to let them go. I think that's, that's good advice, actually. Very good. Number three, what is your least favorite type of music? Um, screamo. Is that you know that heavy metal where they're yelling? Oh, the old like it. Pantera and all that stuff. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. 
All right, number four, if you were a superhero, what would your powers be? I wish I had super strength. I just think that would come in handy uh, at the gym, you know, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is here. Everybody back up. Everybody back up. Exactly. It makes me a little intimidating. Uh, number five, what is the one food that you would not give up? Cheese. cheese. I love everything with cheese. Yeah. Pizza, mac and cheese, grilled cheese, you know, cheese on a block with crackers. Definitely going to have to give that up for the NPC. <laughs> I know. That was the worst <laughs> part about my press. I'm sure. All right, number six. If you won a million dollars today, what would you go buy? Well, first I'd pay off my student loans. That's good. <laughs> that's a, hey, that's good prioritization. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then I would buy myself a house in the U.S. Virgin Islands because I think that those beaches are just beautiful. Mm, I like that. Number seven. If you had access to a time machine, where and when would you go? I would go. Oh, this is tough. I know. I think I would go back to the 90s, early 90s. So a little bit before I was born. But I feel like everybody, when they talk about the 90s, there's never anything negative. TV shows were the best then. Style was the best then. The music was the best then, according to people that I've talked to. So I think that would be a good time frame to go live in. Now, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. I would say the 80s music was better, but there was a lot about the 90s that was pretty cool. We could just bring the 80s music into the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my compromise. Uh, let's awesome. see here. Number eight. If you could add a person to Mount Rushmore, who would it be and why? I would add Olivia Culpo. <laughs> because <laughs> I think she's just an icon mostly for myself this doesn't have to be for everybody but i think that she when you think miss usa and miss universe and somebody that's now in the spotlight who's made it in her career path and has really no bad blood on her she's just somebody that's very easy to look up to and follow and and want to be olivia copo on mount rushmore next to teddy <laughs> i think she'd look really good yeah <laughs> we need a woman up there anyway so that would be perfect all right, number nine. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Favorite cartoon growing up was Fairly Odd Parents. That one had uh, Timmy Turner, and his parents um, were always walking around. So he had two fairy godparents, and they were pink and green. And I actually dressed up as them for Halloween a couple years ago. <laughs> this is all coming together. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, all right, number ten. What compliment do people give you the most? I don't know if this is necessarily a compliment, but every time I meet someone, they go, they say, you are so tall. <laughs> <laughs> and how tall are you, by the way? I'm 5'10", so I'm really not that tall, I guess, in comparison to some of the other girls. But, you know, the only re the only way to respond is, thanks, I grew myself, I guess. <laughs> and I take it as a compliment. Were you one of the tallest girls at USA? I was. And let me ask you this, as a tall girl, does that make you feel confident or insecure sometimes? You know, I go back and forth on this a lot. It makes me a little bit more confident that I'm tall and I can kind of command a room just based on being bigger than everybody else. Good. I like it. I like it. Well, you're off the hook. Thanks for answering the 10 questions and thanks for the time today. It's been really fun to, to get to know you. I haven't had a chance to really sit down and have the conversation, so I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. I am too. This was really fun. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. And uh, keep in touch with me and I hope we get to connect. Are you going to Universe, by the way? I'm not because the tickets sold out. But there is a group of girls that are going to support Chesley and then um, the rest of us are having a watch party. So it'll yeah. be good. Well, very good. Well, we'll keep up uh, with you on social media. And thanks again. And we'll chat with you soon. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to today's episode, everybody, and to Alex Plotz for her time. Now, if you want to follow Alex on social media, you can check out her Instagram and Twitter, both at the Alex Plotz, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alex Plotz. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you wouldn't mind, please subscribe. You can do so on Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, Google Play, and YouTube. Or you can just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And for weekly podcast updates, just follow me on Instagram at Tim Tialdo. Until next time, remember the words of Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and it requires total attention. Talk to you next week, everybody.